This is Getting Into It with Grant, so let's get into it. Today, I want to talk about DevOps. It's a term that you've heard used in the industry, and there seems to be as many different opinions on what DevOps is as there are people in the industry. But I'll let you in on a secret. DevOps actually is very straightforward and means one thing in particular. So let's start off and define it. DevOps comes from the combination of two words, dev and ops, or development and operations. And there's no secret here. DevOps really only means that if you build a product as a developer, then you're also supporting it in production as an operations person. You build it, you support it. That's it. There's no need to overcomplicate this stuff. Unfortunately, DevOps has kind of turned into a four-letter word, so to speak, in the industry. I regularly meet with software developers who are unsure of really what DevOps is supposed to be, or I read horror stories from developers in other companies that have that their company has tried to implement DevOps as like a new cultural shift or mindset shift, and they're getting it horribly wrong. And what it's led to is people who are burned out, stressed, they don't really understand what DevOps is, and their whole entire company has set a bizarre direction based on a misunderstanding of what DevOps is or an attempt to tailor the word or the term DevOps to their specific environment. And that's something to be on the watch out for because you can take any term, agile, lean, DevOps, release when ready, and transform the actual meaning of that word into what you think is a tailored version for your company or your environment. And you get it horribly wrong when you try and do that. I'm not a fan of overloading terminology or taking it and forcing it to fit into an environment that already has bad practices. What you get when you do that is a watered down, poor version of the original intent of the, the term. So I'll, I'll give you some examples here of how DevOps is implemented in an environment, how it can be done the right way and also how some companies implement it the wrong way, some pitfalls to watch out for. So when you are hearing that DevOps is coming down the pipeline for your company, your mileage may vary with the term based on a couple of things. We've got the age of your company's tech stack or your team's tech stack to consider, your current company's culture, how experienced your executives are with technology in general and with risk management, and how your existing release processes are defined and um, audited. If you've got any compliance concerns on top of it, like SOCs or PCI, anything that the government's weighing in on, there's probably a clearly defined process that you have to follow. And I'll talk about each one of these four things in depth here, but those are just a couple of things that can impact how DevOps gets rolled out into your company. So let's go ahead and start off here uh, discussing how the age of your company can impact how DevOps gets implemented there. And you may be wondering, like, why is he not starting off with how to do DevOps the right way? Well, the fact is, it's not really much harder than I already explained. If you're writing code and you've got customers who are using it, then you're also the person who's on the hook to make sure it's working for your customers. That means if production's gone down, you're out there troubleshooting and debugging and trying to figure out, oh man, why did this thing break? And uh, if a feature is not written well for your customer and they've given you bad feedback or they've complained about it, you're also helping and take all those items and work them back into the product so that you can 
release a better version later. I mean, that's that's all it is. It's not this overly complicated uh, strategy on how to manage or maintain software or, or release it. It just means that you're responsible for your product end-to-end as a software developer. Now, this is where the age of your company actually has a huge impact on how DevOps becomes part of your company's culture. You may have already drawn the parallels here, but if your company has existing products, then it's also got existing processes in place for getting customer feedback, also segregation of duties and responsibilities for teams in production and not in production. And a lot of these things are artifacts of software development 10, 15, 20 years ago that uh, exist in the environment today. A lot of the executives in charge are comfortable with that. A lot of the culture of existing developers in your, your company are used to the processes that are in place. So when you try and implement DevOps, the way it's supposed to be implemented into a company like this, what you're talking about is massive culture change. You have to rework processes and responsibilities and jobs that people are doing right now to accommodate for the developer having a whole lot more authority and responsibility in the environment. Not everybody is going to be comfortable with that, especially people whose jobs are in release management, for example. They're used to being the gate to protect production, so to speak. But research has bared out time and time again that these change approval boards or cab cases that get manually reviewed and then manual deployments into production, that those things are actually worse off for a company than automated software releases. The reason why is you have a tremendously large amount of change that you're trying to put into a production environment and you don't have automated testing usually that goes along with that. So you're really highly dependent on people to review code and oftentimes they don't review it. They're just a rubber stamp to prevent uh, the volume of change from going into production that you would like to as a developer implement. So you've got manual review processes, low levels of testing, and people who are unfamiliar with the product reviewing changes before they go to production. So the whole process in and of itself doesn't really make sense. And like I said, research bears out that it is not a good practice and is terrible compared to automated software delivery through a CI/CD pipeline where small changes frequently go into production and are automatically tested for uh, compatibility with the existing production baseline. Modern software development and a DevOps culture are tremendously better in terms of risk management for a company and speed at which we can deploy software and release changes to customers. But your company, if it's an old one or has been around for 20 years or longer, uh, is gonna have a whole lot of cultural barriers to accepting this information, but then implementing it in the environment. And this is where having executives who are experienced with technology and risk management is so important for your company. You can get stuck in a cycle where you hear people across your company yelling, yay, we want to be DevOps, let's change. But then nothing ever changes because the people who are in charge, your executives, are too afraid of actually letting it change to the level it needs to, to truly do DevOps. The way that you'll see this is um, teams that are split into the development team and the operations team, where some executive feels it's not okay, uh, that there's too much risk associated with letting a developer have access to a production environment. And that right there is going to destroy your ability to be DevOps because you can't both develop and operate your software if you don't have production access. 
and some of the reasons that they'll give for this segregation of responsibilities is SOX compliance or PCI compliance, just some, some level of auditing or regulation that they think will prevent a full DevOps process from being implemented in your company. So you need to have an executive who's actually well-versed in compliance and understands what compliance is, why a company needs it, and then how to implement that into the day-to-day processes for their software engineering teams to be in charge to really make this cultural change possible. And not every executive is going to be willing to fight this battle, because let's face it, if you have SOX compliance regulations, let's just use that as an example, if those are in place currently at your company, there have been a ton of people that have been convinced that those work, even if they fail outright. And I'll use an example here uh, of release management. Let's say you've got people who are manually reviewing your code before it goes to production. They're going to rubber stamp it because they don't understand your code. It's going to go to production anyways. And guess what? You're going to have problems in production that you have to sort out with the development teams and your operations specialists. But it was SOX compliant, wasn't it? Like that was supposed to reduce the risk, but in practice it doesn't because nobody's actually doing those jobs. But the executives don't want to poke on that process too hard because the government has already said it's approved, it's okay. So what you get is this massive charade of smoke and mirrors and silly hoops that engineers have to jump through in order to perpetuate a process that is broken fundamentally and doesn't work. It's totally insane. But that is what your executive wants to do. And if you're in a company, whatever the executive says goes. They're the people who are in charge. They're the ones who will be on the hook from the SEC if something fails in production. They're the ones who have to explain it. And so it's their decision on what level of risk to accept and how to change processes or not change them. So you may be wondering by now, so Grant, like, how do I actually get DevOps to be done the right way in my company? Well, for most of us, that's out of our control, right? I can't hire the right executives into my company because I'm probably going to report to those people unless I run my own company entirely. But most of us aren't going to be able to choose those executives in our company. So what you have to do is choose a company that already has those executives in place and will actually make your life as an engineer easier and better or an executive who gets it and wants to fight the good fight to change process. That is hard to do. It's really, really, really difficult. And so you as an individual who is out there helping change culture in your company, who's taking direction from one of these awesome executives, you need to know your stuff. You need to know what SOX compliance is. You need to understand how a CICD pipeline can actually make the world better. That's how you can personally, as an individual contributor or a leader in a company, help change this culture. Because in terms of leadership, culture is set top-down in an organization. The company culture comes from the CEO and their direct reports into the rest of the company. And you have to take that direction. They have to be excited about changing from whatever process they have in place into a true DevOps culture. They have to understand what that is and help push that boulder forward or it's not going to happen or you're going to get some halfway implemented version that's custom tailored to your environment to make people feel better about change rather than actually transforming how change is managed and produced in your company. And I don't mean to sound too defeatist here, like you just have to receive what your company dishes out because 
sometimes you're going to be on a team that's small enough Say you've got 500 people in your organization, you're building a pipeline or you're trying to do DevOps in your organization, you can do it in a subset of your overall company. Like that's no problem whatsoever. But when you're talking on the order of a 60,000 person company, you need top-down leadership in order to make these changes happen. So it really depends on you, where you you sit in your organization, what your span of control is, so to speak, how what your influence level is across your organization, how excited and passionate you are to make change into the DevOps world, how well you understand it. Every single one of these things really comes into play. And so uh, it's not going to be an easy thing to to make the change happen to move into a DevOps world, but it is possible and it is objectively a whole lot better for your company and your product if you can make a switch into DevOps than if you can't do that. And I am, again, speaking in, in generalization, I do recognize that this isn't applicable for every single industry. Uh, you all probably know I have experience in defense contracting very heavy waterfall software development culture and uh, multi-year contracts, multi-year milestones with a ton of massive stakeholders like the army and the Navy that have to play together nicely through Northrop Grumman. And so like sometimes a DevOps approach doesn't make a whole lot of sense, especially in that environment. But if you're talking a typical enterprise software development environment, uh, working at a, a massive company like, I don't know, IBM, you have a product with customers on it. Yeah, you absolutely can do DevOps and you probably should if that's the way that you are set up. And it can be a good thing for the company, for your product. Um, it does have trade-offs too. And one of the big ones that I'm thinking of is if I'm a DevOps professional, I have to operate my code. Well, software can go down at any point in time, which means I'm on the hook to keep this thing running 24-7. I don't get vacations, I don't get weekends, unless I can figure out how to make sure somebody is watching that software 24-7. Now, it doesn't have to be me. Uh, it can be another team or another person, someone who's familiar with that code base and has a stake in the game, someone who can do a bug fix and fix it and push out a release uh, to fix the issue in production or who has the right access levels. And uh, one model that I've used successfully on managing that stress level is to make uh, my team be on call for a 12 hour day, right? Like 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. And then maybe have somebody over in another time zone, watch it from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m., which would be their 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. or equivalent, right? So it's, it's only during half of the day, it's only during the daytime hours, and it's only for a short period of time because generally teams are big enough that you could have someone be on rotation for a week, right? Like your job is ju just watch it 12 hours a day for a week. You've got alerts in place. If it goes down, you'll know. It's not gonna be a huge inconvenience, just a small one. And so there are tons of ways to mitigate these risks that I may talk about in another episode, but just give you an idea of how DevOps can change the way that your team operates. So I think that's probably enough for this topic for today, but I hope that you've been given some insight into what DevOps truly is. Really isn't more complicated than writing software and making it run, but it gets misutilized in companies and it also gets misunderstood very heavily. And so I wanted to clear up what DevOps actually is and hopefully get you to think about how your team's operating. If you are a DevOps team, are you overcomplicating it or not? And if you're not a DevOps team, should you become one? 
there are, there are trade-offs. So consider the landscape and the company that you're in, the culture, all the things that we discussed, and I'm sure you can come up with a strategy in your own company or team to move into the direction of DevOps successfully. So if you've got feedback on these topics or you've got a, a topic that you want to hear a lot about, I'm full of opinions and thoughts. So I hope you will send me an email to hello at grantdryden.com. Tweet me on Twitter at tweets of grant, and I look forward to hearing from you. We'll see you again next time.